0: The show you love with even more local local news news. and more local talk. talk. The voice of the Valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas.
1: And a good afternoon to you here on this Monday as we start the week here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your personal concierge for conversation as we unpack, discuss rationally and reasonably uh, and respectfully the issues of the day that affect you and me right here in California's Central Valley. One of the issues, of course, uh, on everyone's mind right now is the very violent weekend uh, we just had. I want to make a few comments about that and, and get your input as well. Just to uh, review, and we'll, we'll talk about uh, the church in Laguna Woods, California, the uh, Irvine Taiwanese Presbyterian Church. Uh, one person killed five wounded and uh, we'll, we'll discuss more details about that in a moment. Then in Houston, Houston, Texas, two people killed, three more taken to the hospital with injuries after a shooting yesterday at an open flea market, open-air flea market. Apparently there was an altercation that involved at least two guns and uh, five of the people. Uh, That's the way the the press release uh, or the news story goes. It didn't involve two guns. It involved people using guns. Let me clarify that. Chicago, uh, a curfew banning unaccompanied minors in Millennial Park after 6 p.m. Thursday through Sunday has been imposed by Mayor Lori Lightfoot after a 16-year-old was shot dead Saturday near the Bean Sculpture, and that's a popular... City uh, tourist attraction, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, another curfew imposed. Massive watch party for NBA's Bucks was canceled and beer sales slowed downtown after 21 people were hurt in three, three shootings Friday night. happened near the Deer District where 11,000 gathered near the arena where the Bucks played the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference semifinals. In one shooting, 17 people were hurt. Two groups started firing at each other. And then, of course, uh, big on national news, an 18-year-old charged after leaving 10 dead, three wounded at a Tops-friendly market in Buffalo, New York, as people were shopping Sunday gatherings. Apparently, he drove 200 miles from Conklin, New York, Targeted a grocery store in a predominantly black neighborhood. The suspect is white. He left uh, behind apparently a racist creed. They're saying about a hundred and eighty-page document. Uh, talked about anti-Semitism, his hatred of uh, blacks, and uh, all sorts of all sorts of aberrant thoughts. So here we are. What do we do with this? Notice the reactions of the mass media. Notice what gets most play as opposed to others. They are so quick, so quick to play the race card. And let... Oh, hang on a second. Let me finish. I can see some of you getting a little nervous about that. The issue, the root issue here is not racism, that's a manifestation of it. The root issue is not guns, the use of guns is a manifestation of the root issue. The root issue really isn't even mental illness, although that can be a manifestation of the issue. The root issue is not even our cultural attitude in the United States of America right now towards lawlessness, towards permissiveness, uh, towards DAs like George Gascone and, and Chase of Bodine in San Francisco and, and others not prosecuting people who need to be locked up and taken out of society. All right, Mike, so what's the real issue? let me boil it down, because I think the problem is that when we try to buttonhole all of these violent things into a specific category, well, we got to find some reason to make it a hate crime. To me, anybody who kills someone else is committing a hate crime, but I know, I know there are various phases of that. But to me, you see, it's a much broader issue. There is, and this comes down to worldview, and as long as we keep pushing the Judeo-Christian worldview out of the United States psyche, I believe we're going to continue to see more of these violent acts and cities and DAs and counties and states and federal governments wringing their hands about it, but really not doing much about it at all. Why? Why? Because the root of the issue here is the battle between good and evil. These are evil acts. These are evil acts. Well, there's no good in evil. Well, yes, there is. And I think as long as we pretend that there isn't, that all humans are good. All humans are not good. They haven't been good inherently since the Garden of Eden. And I know that comes down to worldview, but I'm just going to put it out there. As long as we stick our heads in the sand and refuse to acknowledge that this is a battle between good and evil, my friends, I believe we're going to keep on seeing these types of violent acts. Now, why is that important? Well, you're just a pastor, Mike. That's why you know it's more than that. It's about acknowledging what's fully true about all of these acts. These are Evil acts. Now, whether these people are evil in and of themselves, whether they're in a uh, temporary state of, of being compelled by evil, that's going to be on an individual basis. But it is evil to take the lives of other people like this. And it manifests that evil manifests itself in a variety of different ways. Yes, racism. Uh, Yes, maybe mental illness, uh, maybe having done too many drugs and fried your neurons and your synapses. Uh, It it may be just you're an evil, you're you're steeped in evil, and this has been percolating around for a long time, and then at one point, things begin to bubble up. And one of the problems is when we don't provide deterrence to evil acts— If we don't deal with it and say it's wrong, no matter what your situation was, you committed an evil act, the law is the law, and you need to be prosecuted for and sentenced for the crime that you committed. As long as we go soft on that, we're going to continue to have these violent acts, I am sorry to say. You may agree or disagree, and that's fine. Always, always open to your reactions to it. Our phone number here, 209-551-3483. Again, I think one of the problems we have is we have tried to bury the history of the United States of America as it pertains to a Judeo-Christian ethic. We attempt to deny it, We attempt to sweep it under the rug and pretend it's not there. We keep doing that. I'm afraid we're going to continue to experience what we're experiencing because we are unwilling to stand for what's true. We're unwilling to stand in the light of truth. The way you fix problems, the way you right a ship is to stand in the light of truth and deal with what's true that's how we start. When we deal with lies, when we deal with smoke and mirrors, when we deal with namby-pamby political uh, uh, mumbo-jumbo, that's a theological term, we don't deal with the problem, and, and it foments. So it it has to begin with dealing with what's true. By the way, just to a quick update uh, on the on the details of that um, Laguna Woods shooting. Uh, amazingly, apparently uh, these people and by the way, they they the congregants were aged sixty to ninety five. I think I read, and they were at a a luncheon after worship services to honor a former pastor, Taiwanese pastor, and this sixty uh, eight year old apparently showed up, and he uh, claimed he had been there before, but apparently nobody really uh, recognized him. Uh, they're eating their food, and then he pulls out a, uh, a gun and starts shooting. Unbelievable. The visiting pastor apparently hit the suspect with a chair, knocking him to the ground, and other members of the congregation dogpiled onto the suspect and used a zip cord, electrical cord. Uh, to uh, to tie him up to wait for uh, to wait for uh, the waiting deputies or the uh, arriving uh, deputies, and uh, this is uh, what the uh, Orange County Sheriff had to say about the incident.
2: It is known that Dr. Chang charged the individual, the suspect, attempted to disarm him, which allowed other parishioners to then
1: intercede. That's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, it it also comes down to thinking, does this change uh, the way you approach going to worship services? Does it make you think a little harder? Let's go to the phones very quickly, 209-551-3483. David, I believe from Modesto. David, what are your thoughts?
2: Hello, Mike, and thanks for taking my call. I just
3: wanted to say thank you for... For being a light, I heard uh, as I told your screener a week or so ago, someone saying, "In
2: order for darkness to increase, light must diminish." And our job is to be the light, as Christians. I'm saying our job. I can tell you're a Christian, and so am I. So, thank you. Thanks for what you do.
1: Thank you, David. appreciate uh, Appreciate that encouragement, David from Modesto. Thanks so much for your call. And uh, it's just logical, my friends. It begins with standing in the light of truth. And I don't care what faith you're from, but with our Judeo-Christian heritage, if we continue to deny that it's there, and if we continue to deny the precepts of that Judeo-Christian heritage, we're headed for a fall, I'm afraid. All right, we'll be back in uh, three minutes. Continue the discussion at 209 551 3483. Mike Douglas Show here on Monday on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
0: He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show on air and online. Power Talk
1: 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Monday following a very violent weekend in uh, in America. And uh, thank, you for, uh, thank you for putting up with my heartfelt expression there. I, I just feel just, you know, as long as we refuse to deal with what's real, we're going to have more of these incidents. We must be willing to stand in the light of truth and deal with the root issues and build our responses from there. All right. Our number here, 209-551-3483. My question for you: if you attend worship services of any type, does Does this worry you at all? Does this give you second thoughts? Uh, Do you think you need to go to a self-defense class before uh, going to church services again? Does this alter your thoughts about attending worship services? 209-551-3483. And those of you who uh, may be members of of local churches or uh, temples, or whatever it might be, are you? Uh, do you think you you'll be changing the way you approach how you do worship services? One of the challenges, and I'm going to put on my pastor hat for, here for a moment, is that the uh, the church has always been considered a place where you can go, where you should be able to go in whatever condition you're in and experience in some way the love grace and mercy if it's a christian church of of Jesus Christ that's the ideal now whether that happens or not is is a whole different issue but that's the ideal anyway that so on on the part of of leadership as i'm Standing there at at the pulpit, if, if someone comes in and they, you know, it's ninety degrees outside and they have an overcoat on and it looks to be about half a size uh, bigger than they are, I'm gonna be wondering what what's up with this person. And you say, well, you you shouldn't do that. Well, I also have a congregation to protect, and so I I think what what this brings up. This is not the first shooting in a house of worship we know that there have been many unfortunately and by the way apparently and again to evil to me is the root cause so let's call it for what it is one of the manifestations on that one of that one of the uh, issues that flows from that is apparently the suspect in the Laguna Woods shooting uh, he was upset about the whole issue of China as it relates to Taiwan. And apparently he has some kind of a beef with the Taiwanese. I don't know if he's Chinese. I don't think we have that information yet. But you see, all of all of these ancillary issues begin to bubble up. The error I think we make as a culture is we take the superficial issue maybe cultural differences, racial differences, philosophical differences, whatever it might be. We take the, the closest issue that's most visible, which, which is superficial, and we try to deal with that issue. My friends, you're never, ever on this side of eternity going to get rid of some cultural and racial persecution. Not going to happen. Remember Nero, if you remember your history. He, uh, he lit Christians on fire to light his little patio areas where he was having parties. Uh, Christians would be uh, clothed. They would be wrapped in uh, animal skins and, and fed to the wild animals so people could enjoy seeing them torn apart. I mean the persecution of people who have different thoughts, different ideas, different religions, that's nothing new. <laughs> it's nothing new. That's been around for millennia. And so for us to think we're we're going to do away with racism. Sad to say, until the enemy is locked up during the end times, and I know I'm getting a little theological here, and so bear with me, but until the enemy is taken out in what we call the end times, I'm getting a little eschatological with you here, I understand that, but until the enemy is no longer allowed to be around, We're going to have racism. The question is, how do we deal with it? How do we deal with it in a way that we inculcate our children with the truth? Oh, no, we can't do that, Mike. No, we have to spend time secretly trying to convert them to be the other sex. Doesn't that drive you nuts? What in the world is happening there should not be this erosion, uh, this chipping away at the rights of parents to be parents. And yeah, I hear so often, well, I, I don't really guide my children in terms of, of uh, truth and said, I want them to find their own truths. Well, you let children find their own truths, and uh, the evil forces of our world are going to find those children, and they're going to be they're going to be adopting things that you may not anticipate. No, as parents, we have the responsibility to bring our children up in the light of truth, and as long as we put up with schools telling them lies and. Schools trying to change their sex, and as long as we put up with DAs like Gascone and and uh, Chase Bodine and such, we're going to continue to have this type of dysfunction. Let's can I'm I'm longing for let's deal with the real issues. And towards that end, I have uh, an interview I'm going to play a little bit later on. Uh, someone that kind of surprises me. Actually, and I want to share his thoughts with you as an example of, of good thinking as it comes election time. All right, Mike Douglas Show. will be back in five minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
0: With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from three till five on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Here on this uh, active, beautiful Monday afternoon here in California's Central Valley, after a not so beautiful weekend across America with uh, a lot of violence uh, occurring, and we've been talking about dealing with issues from. <laughs> from the perspective of what's true about the issue starting with the root causes and not not understanding that that if we try to deal with issues at the superficial level at the easiest level at the popular level at the mainstream media favorite level we're never going to solve them and and we're never going to do away with evil acts. They're they're going to happen. But we can put deterrence in the way to reduce the amount. I believe, I think we've seen that work before. It's called the rule of law and law enforcement. As something that apparently the likes of Chase Bodine and George Goscone in San Francisco and Los Angeles County apparently that escaped them when they took the oaths of office as district attorneys for their uh, particular um, their particular regi- regions. But it comes back to how important it is to uh, vote in these elections, to, uh, to, to understand, to, to research, to know who you're voting for or what the proposition is that you're addressing. And I know it gets so complex, these propositions— Every year uh, are just absolutely absurd. As are bills in uh, both the uh, California legislature and in uh, Washington D.C. as well. I'm I I think that we ought to. When you write a bill, you can only write about one thing. I I think it's a disservice to keep adding on to bills things that sometimes really aren't related to them. But you add on to the bill so you can push through things uh, while people are looking at other issues. Drives me nuts. That that's that's not what the founders had in mind. So I, I think, in terms of our uh, approach to legislation, we need to uh, we need to go back to the beginning, look at the constitutional uh, foundations of our government, and get back to the simplicity involved in the complexities of running a country. And really, the, simple, the, the, the simpler we can make it, the better we are for it. How many of you have read propositions and and you finish reading the proposition and you have absolutely no idea or little idea what it's really about? Huh? What, what are they really trying to get at? Well, the more language there is the more verbiage the purpose i sense is to obscure the real issue and some of their them are written as you know so that if you vote no you're really voting yes or if you vote yes you're really voting no is that an accident no it's by design and so i'm i'm all for clarity and uh Today, before we uh, leave you today, I'm, I'm going to give you an example of someone that I, that this weekend was interviewed and I thought spoke with clarity. I walked away uh, from that interview, from listening or watching that interview, understanding exactly what this person stood for, what he intends to do if he's elected. There was no question in my mind. Now, whether he would do it or not, that's always another issue. But uh, but uh, and and we'll we'll talk through that in, in just a couple of moments. By the way, and I, I, I've been meaning to bring this up, and it really fits into our discussion today. Again, talking about the the evil that's rampant in our society and the need to identify it for what it is. This, uh, this news story came out what was it, last week, May 12th, around then. A Los Angeles mother is behind bars because she murdered her own three children, allegedly because she thought they were possessed and she had been attempting to stomp the demons out of their bodies when she killed them. And last I heard, a 16-year-old was also arrested, and I believe it may have been her 16-year-old son, who participated in this act of stomping to death apparently his own kin this is evil my friends this is evil who who does that people who are thinking straight people who are good citizens people with a rational theology do not do things like this do they our number, 209-551-3483. And in addition to that mom, in San Jose, they solved a case and said a three-year-old died last year as a result of an attempted exorcism. According to NBC in the Bay Area, this young girl was held down by three family members for seven hours Forced to vomit to try to rid her of what they called evil spirits. Police say the child eventually suffocated to death. Nobody called 911 for at least two hours after she died, and the victim's mother, identified as Claudia Hernandez, was arrested for her death back in January. I mean, let's identify what this is. It's evil. It's evil. So let's begin with that and quit pointing fingers and blaming everything on Donald Trump or blaming everything on uh, uh, the founding of America or blaming everything on everything on racism or blaming everything on people being homophobic or transphobic or whatever phobia it is today. Let's deal with truth. Here on the Mike Douglas Show, we deal with truth, and you're welcome to disagree. As a matter of fact, as, by the way, I want to make a note of this, as we approach election time, the primaries again coming up on uh, June 7, and then, of course, the general uh, election coming up on November eighth, twenty 2022. As we approach uh, these times, it is impossible for us to interview all the candidates in all the different offices. We we just don't have the time to do that. If candidates approach us, if they're willing to come on live, uh, then we will uh, accommodate them as we can. But here's what we're going to do, and I want to involve you and issue this invitation to you. On Wednesdays during our second hour leading up to June 7, on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. during our second hour, We're going to open it up for you to call in and make a case for who who you support for whatever office it might be. Maybe it's uh, city council, uh, county board of supervisors, state senator, state assembly member, uh, whatever it might, governor, whatever it might be. We're going to open up that time on Wednesdays at our four o'clock hour and invite you to make a case for who you're supporting. So, I want to involve you in that. Now, it needs to be uh, short and concise, right? So we can get everybody in. But if you can boil it down to a, a minute or two minutes, who you're supporting, why you're supporting them, we'll give you a voice for that. And uh, again, that'll be Wednesdays during our second hour, 4 p.m., here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, let's go to the phones very quickly, and uh, Nick from uh, Modesto. Hi, Nick. Welcome to the show today. What's on your mind?
2: Good afternoon, Mike. I agree with you 100% that it is evil, and it's coming from evil. Um, and these are evil people. I think that um, uh, the situation is being um, perpetrated by different Outlets on the internet and and or uh, programs that people watch. It's no question that this was a racist act. I mean, it, it was admitted. The guy admitted that it was a racist act. But there was something that pushed him over the edge. Yes. And I think it was maybe those websites he was reading and you know or or following, and that uh, it starts out with being evil, but it's pushed over to what he did by you know, uh going to these websites, at least that's my opinion.
1: Yeah it's I'm not a
2: doctor, I'm not a mental health person or anything, but you know, uh the guy has an evil heart.
1: Yeah, Nick and there it, are
2: people out there like that. Have to...
1: It really comes back to the principle of the fruits of the poison tree. You you have poison at the root of a tree and everything that springs from that tree is going to carry that poison. And so when you when you have this kind of evil present, it manifests itself in, in a, a variety of different ways, violence, racism, you're right, uh, m- many of these uh, different uh, things that we see in our culture today. But uh, in order to deal with it, uh, again, you have to deal with the root cause, the, the things that the—and and Nick, I, I agree, and just very quickly, I don't know about—do you— do you have uh kids nick or grandkids or
2: i i have both i have uh two kids adults and i have soon to be three well, i have <laughs> just say three grandchildren
1: wonderful well uh something we did i don't know about you but uh, what my wife and i did was when our when our children were growing up and the iphones were uh they weren't there when they were first born but the uh, You know, a couple years into their growing up time, iPhones began to appear and and such. We did not allow our children to be on the Internet without supervision. Uh, We didn't didn't allow them in in their rooms alone with their phones and such. Uh, Everything's left in a so-called public area because we knew uh, the inherent dangers involved. And I think we have to take that type of attitude.
2: Yep, I, and I, I'll take it a step further. You know, we're all born with a conscience. Every one of us are born with a conscience. And with that, as a young, at birth, we as parents need to instill a value system. Yes. So that our kids will know the difference between good and evil, and hopefully their conscience that was God given to them will will kick in and and be able to identify good and evil.
1: Absolutely. Nick, you speak truth, my friend. Thanks so much for the call today. Uh, Nick from Modesto, making a lot of sense to me. Well, something else that makes sense to me is if I need to sell a home, I need an expert. So home prices are rising. Inventories low, interest rate hikes, by the way. They're creating price fluctuations. So selling your home now with an aggressive, experienced agent, probably the right move to maximize your equity. Do you have a growing family? You're working from home? You need more space? Well, call the agent I trust and recommend. He's Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or he'll sell it for free. That's right. His home selling program is designed to maximize your sales price. You're in complete control, no costly repairs required, no long-term contracts, and you can even pick your move date. And Dan can find you a new home before you move if you'd like him to. Melody in Oakdale told us she needed to sell quickly, but her home needed a bunch of repairs and upgrades to get a decent price, but she didn't have the time nor the money to do that. So she called Dan Phipps, who said, no problem, we can do it. And he did. Dan got multiple offers and sold the home for much higher than she could have imagined. So call Dan Phipps. Dan is the man I recommend, and I'd hired him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S.com. Mike Douglas' show continues in three minutes here on PowerTalk 1360 KFIV. On air
0: and online, take the Mike Douglas show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, talking about some tough stuff today, aren't we? Let me let me lighten things up just a little bit. I <laughs> I've I've not been happy, as you know, with the lack of law enforcement as it applies to the people protesting in front of the homes of Supreme Court justices. It's a violation of federal law. And we, I know we've talked about that Title 18, subsection 1507. The federal law is clear; these people should be uh, arrested and prosecuted for Title 18, subsection 1507. But no, nobody really wants to to do that in 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 Virginia. And even I, I think Governor Yunkin is is great, but even. I think even he's being a little uh, wishy-washy on, on all of this. I uh, Enforce the law. Enforce the law. You see, when we don't enforce the law, when there are no deterrents, then people will push the limits, and once they know that the law won't be enforced, they'll keep breaking them, and they'll keep breaking worse laws. It, it's just the way it works. It, it's just very, uh, very frustrating to me. Which leads me to uh, some comments that one of my heroes of uh, the judicial system, Justice Clarence Thomas, he was on C-SPAN. I think it was this weekend. He was talking about his, uh, talking about the media, the mass media, and how it's treated him. And by the way, he's been treated horribly over the years. As one of the the great justices uh, uh, of all time, as a, as an African American man who who has attained incredible success and and is one of the great jurists of our age, Justice Thomas, I think, has been treated horribly by the press and uh, by politics as, as well. But he got one of his own digs in on this interview with C-SPAN. Uh, let me just play it for you here, real quick. Here we go.
4: One of the things I say in response to the media is when they talk about, or especially early on, about the way I did my job. I said, "I will absolutely leave the court when I do my job as poorly as you do yours." <laughs> and that was meant as a compliment, really. <laughs> <laughs> It really is good to be me. It really is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love it. I would love to sit down. And, of course, uh, the the opportunity would probably never present itself. His intellect is so far above mine uh, that it may be a short conversation. But I would love to sit down and, and just hear this man talk about his life about the United States of America about the constitution this is this is a wise man and i i really think i really think that history will show that he will wind up being one of the heroes of of jurisprudence i think history will ultimately show that but as is often the case great men and great women oftentimes are not recognized for who they are and what they've done and until they're gone. I hope that's not the case with Justice Clarence Thomas. Again, he's uh, he's one of my uh, one of my great heroes. Well, uh, in addition to everything else, gas prices going up again. AAA says the national average uh, price for regular jumped over the weekend uh, to $4.48 a gallon. And guess who leads the nation? All right, by a show of hands, who many, how many think it's California? I'm counting oh, 100, about 100 percent of you. Yep, California is leading the nation, where uh, drivers are paying an average of 5.98 a gallon. Unbelievable. But do do we try to be energy independent? No, we don't want to do that. Do we want to uh, offer opportunities for people to uh, be employed and make good money like on the Keystone XL pipeline? Nope, don't want to do that. Do we want to get these energy efficient and these clean energy things going first, work out the bugs Uh, see how they work out, uh, work through the prototypes, uh, kind of have a parallel thing going, which would be the wise way to do it? No. What do we do? Totally illogical. We stop the fossil fuel industry. We cut it off. We say no more drilling for oil. No, the, the fossil fuel industry is evil. Gas and oil is evil. Well, there they've got it wrong. It's not evil, not evil. And you look at some of these oil companies, they've done fantastic, they really have. And I know there's been price gouging and <clears throat> I know a lot of the oil companies have been guilty of trying to push the limits, but generally, and I know because my my wife has uh, worked in the medical clinics for some oil companies and the, the lengths they go to, to ensure that they are not harming the environment, the lengths they go to to do their best to abide with the draconian regulations here in California, they really do do their due diligence. They really do. But the, in Sacramento and in Washington, D.C., they demonize oil companies. And well, how about allowing the oil, and, and they are, to a great degree, how about inviting the oil companies to be part of the answer in terms of the ultimate ideal of clean energy? But let's do it on a parallel basis so there are incentives. Do we do that? No, absolutely not. No, we don't want to do that. Don't want to do that because that would make sense. The death of common sense. It's... It, Really, we're mourning the death of common sense in our culture today. The question is can we survive another couple of years? We'll talk about that and more after news, traffic, and weather in about five minutes here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We'll be right back.
0: Even more local local news and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show as we head into hour number two here on this fine Monday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, always privileged and honored to serve as your concierge for conversation as we talk through the issues that directly affect you and me right here in California's Central Valley. By the way, talking about our 3 to 5 p.m. time we have together Monday through Friday, one of the I think one of the most important outcomes of your participation here is that we get to know each other better uh, in terms of as best as much of a relationship we can all have with each other over the radio and over the phone. We, we hear from each other and we begin to understand what makes each other tick. And my goal as your concierge for conversation is to engage you in these conversations about these issues, some of them lighthearted, some of them pretty deep, like what we've been discussing today with the uh, violence that's been occurring across America. But you see, by engaging in conversation and giving each other the grace to just listen to what we have to say, listen to each other, by active listening, by being curious— And I try to do that as much as possible to be curious about why you believe what you believe. And sometimes I ask for clarifications if I'm interested or if I'm not clear on where you're coming from. That's important. And even if we disagree, we can disagree without being disagreeable, right? That's the way it should work in the marketplace of ideas. And so that's the goal here on the Mike Douglas show. And you all do a wonderful job of participating uh, in that. Have you ever, and this is one of the outcomes, by the way, have you ever been warned by, warned by friends or uh, acquaintances or peers uh, in the workplace or at home, social situations D- don't engage with that person. They're, they're bad news. And then you find later that, gee, they're actually not so bad at all. Well, you can't do that without engaging in conversation. And sometimes they are out in left field. Uh, but other times we find, wow, we, we have some common ground that we have. I'll give you a quick example quick example. And maybe you have one or two examples, too, people you've been warned about, and and later you found out, gee, they're, they're not so bad. Maybe you think I'm in that category. Anyway, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. I'll give you an example from uh, my early days as a vocational pastor. Again, I began doing that uh, midlife at age uh, 40. And, uh, I was at a, at a mega church and there were two people I was warned about. Uh, one was an area counselor, uh, therapist in the area. Don't ever refer people to him. He's way out, way out. Okay. So I, I didn't. And then there was another person don't engage with that person. They are trouble. They are troublemakers that person and his, uh, his wife. So beware of them. So what happened was the troublemaker guy, uh, we, we happened to engage. He, he happened to be uh, really an expert in recovery. And those of you who've been through 12-step programs, you understand what I'm talking about here. Uh, he, he really is an expert, not just was, but but is. And so as we were developing a recovery program, that was a hard sell uh, for some of my fellow pastors because of what what that means. Anyway, as I began to dialogue with this guy, because even though I was warned about him, I wanted to tap his experience, understand where he was coming from. As I began to engage in conversation with him, I found something out. He and I agreed on just about everything. And so here was a guy that I had been warned about, and it, much to my discredit, I had not engaged with him on the advice of others. And and I should have earlier. Anyway, he and I are still friends. In fact, I had the opportunity, to uh, my wife and I, to enjoy uh, dinner at his home uh, with he, he and his wife the other day. And he, he has had a profound effect on my maturity as a shepherd as a pastor you you can <clears throat> i can chronicle almost and i can give him credit for helping me mature as a pastor as a as a shepherd and uh, really i'm i'm very grateful to him and it started out with me being told to avoid that guy well so that guy knew this counselor Dude, that I was told never to refer anybody to. So one day, he says, "Hey, let's. Uh, there's a ministry out in, uh, I think it was Hayward. I, I want you to uh, uh, accompany me and go with me to this, so that you can you can see how these recovery ministries work." I said, "Okay." He says, "I'm going to pick up a friend along the way." I said, "Okay, that's fine." So we're tooling along we stop by a house he, uh, he opens it was in a he, he had a van at that time opens the door and he introduces me uh, to the guy who steps in the and it's the counselor that I had been warned about and I'm thinking what in the world am I going to do now he, this guy and I are going to be cooped up for the next 35 to 40 minutes traveling to Hayward and I've been warned about this guy. He is now one of my best friends, and I have referred people to him time and time and time again. I'm not going to say his name because it, it, there's, I, I, I respect his privacy, but the the thing is when i began to engage these two guys in conversation i found out that we shared a lot of common uh, in common i found out that that we shared similar uh, values and principles and i found out that they had a lot of experiential wisdom i did not have and so that's why i am so passionate about showing up here every day on Power Talk 1360 KFIV for these 2 hours 3 to 5 p.m. on this thing called the Mike Douglas show because I enjoy and I think it's absolutely necessary that we engage in conversation with each other to understand each other better and as we do that we begin to understand the issues better as well so a little philosophy I'm pulling the curtain a little bit um a part here, just giving you some insight in, into what keeps me motivated about doing what uh, what I do here, and I thank you, and I thank iHeartMedia for the uh, the privilege of being able uh, to do that. Very quickly, uh, on Friday, have you been watching the budget coming out of Sacramento, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom's budget, forty nine point two billion discretionary surplus. Discretionary surplus, $49.2 billion. So thinking through that, where do you think that $49.2 billion came from? 209-551-3483, if you think you know the answer to that. Uh, 94% of it uh, is uh, a cash stash that could go to one-time allocations. All right. Uh, 37.1 billion, again, with a B total reserves, including 23.3 billion for a rainy day fund. I don't know if we have many rainy, rainy days during the, the drought here, 65 million. That's a bonus to courts to implement the care court plan. Now, I, I don't mind that. I don't know that the care court is the answer, uh, to some of the homeless issues. I think we've got to have to work through these issues of forced incarceration and such, but um, I that that I don't have a lot of angst about. <clears throat> At least let's investigate how to spend that wisely. All right, <laughs> one of our listeners I talked about. Where's that money coming from? He says my wallet. Yep, you're absolutely right. Confiscatory taxation. Another nine point five billion. And this frosts me a bit. Extra money to fight climate change over the next four years, including $5.2 billion with a B to keep the lights on and nearly $1 billion with a B for residential solar. Climate change is... <laughs> the climate is going to change regardless. It's been doing that since the beginning of recorded human history. Good night. Billions of dollars, and and it comes. It, you and I are paying for it. You and I are paying for it. Again, look at this budget. Think about it. Think it through, as it applies to your vote coming up on June seven in the primaries coming up. And we'll talk more about that. And I I want to give you a great example of someone who's entering the political uh, game. Who I think communicates in a way that I wish more politicians would communicate. I think it's a great example. That's coming up in three minutes here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
0: Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from three till five. Download the free iHeartRadio app and
1: follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, another one of our listeners, <laughs> uh, the, the, he is uh, he he comes up with some good ones. He says, uh, and, and we're talking about clear communication and how that often is uh, murky uh, in, in the parlance of many politicians. He says, if you can't convince them with the facts. Confuse them with copious amounts of bovine palaver. Well, my wife grew up on a dairy, so I'm—I think I know what he means by bovine palaver, and I think there's a lot of bovine palaver uh, that goes on. Uh, by the way, by the way, those of you who are sports fans, the A.H.O. playoffs are here. Stockton Heat. Playing for the Pacific Division Finals, you can cheer them on as they continue their historic season. Today, the Stockton Heat take on the Colorado Eagles in a best-of-five series at Stockton Arena. The pregame is at 6 p.m. The puck drops at 6.30. It's all on Fox Sports AM 1280, our sister station. Uh, Stockton Heat playoff hockey and tickets are still available to the box office. So if you would like tickets to a Stockton Heat game here, here's the clue. You just have to answer this correctly, and we'll, we'll give out a clue every day. You can get tickets. All right, here's the clue. What is the name of the coach of the Stockton Heat? He's a first-year coach, just named to the AHL Coach of the Year. What is the name of the coach of the Stockton Heat? All right, to get your tickets, call 209-551-3483. That's our phone number here at the Mike Douglas Show, 209-551-3483. If you'd like tickets, tell our assistant producer for the day, Brenda, also our call screener, also the director of operations at Advancing Vibrant Communities, tell Brenda the name of the coach of the Stockton Heat, and uh, she'll take your information, and we'll make sure you get those uh, tickets. All right, so I, uh, this weekend I was uh, listening uh, with half an ear, and suddenly my whole attention was focused. Uh, I heard an interview uh, with Michael Schellenberger, and this was on, uh, I think he was being interviewed by Steve Hilton on Fox. And the reason I'm bringing this up is I, I think one of the problems with a lot of conservative candidates, with a lot of uh, Republican candidates of late, especially for governor, has been an inability to provide clarity about why they want to be governor, what their policies are, and what they would do if elected governor. Uh, we, I think we've seen a lot of tap dancing... Uh, around, but uh, I, I, I'm thinking back over the past uh, oh maybe two elections, three possibly, and th- th- there, there's been a lack of clarity in terms of messaging, and and I think and if if we're approaching it from a conservative point of view, uh, a common sense point of view, common sense means that we need to have clarity in terms of our messaging. I thought this uh, Michael Schellenberger did a did a good job. Uh, he, he's a former Democrat. In fact, he ran for governor once as a Democrat. Uh, he's running as an independent now for governor in the June 7 primaries. Uh, you'll probably remember his name. Uh, he wrote San Francisco, Why Progressives Ruin Cities. Uh, that was last year. And the year before, he wrote Apocalypse Never, Why Environmental Alarmism Hurts Us All. He's an investigative journalist uh, specializing in environmental issues. So he was interviewed by Steve Hilton uh, last night. And just in terms of what I'm looking for, in terms of clear, concise articulation of what you want to do as governor and how you intend to do it, I like what I heard. I do not endorse uh, candidates, at least at this point in the primaries here on the Mike Douglas Show. I try to provide you with as much information as possible so you can make your own decisions. But Schellenberger offered what I think is a unique differentiation between environmental concerns. One side, in my opinion, makes Earth a god, and, and all of us humans are subject to the Earth god environmentalists. But then Schellenberger described what where he's at in terms of caring about the environment. And I I like the distinctions that he makes. Let's uh, there's got a couple cuts. Let's listen to this first one very quickly.
5: I think it's important to remember there's two kinds of environmentalists. There's pro abundance, pro human environmentalists like myself. And then there's anti human pro scarcity environmentalists who view humans as the problem. Those are the folks that control Governor Gavin Newsom
1: all right and then he defined his approach to what he calls pro abundance environmentalism
5: i lay out a pro abundance agenda there doesn't need to be a war between farmers conservationists and residents We can produce abundant fresh water in three different ways. We can store more of it in storage. We can recycle wastewater. And then we can desalinate ocean water, turn it into fresh water. The governor has blocked all of these initiatives. We agreed as taxpayers to spend $2.7 billion on water storage projects in a referendum in, in 2014. The governor hasn't built a single project since then.
1: That's pretty clear, isn't it? I mean that—that's what I'm looking for uh, f- from candidates, and—and and I thought he was very clear. I, in fact, I never thought uh, uh, about there being two types of approaches to environmentalism. Uh, I always thought, well, it's the radical environment. I'm—I'm I'm all for. I'm all for protecting the environment. I want the environment to be protected, but I, I don't want this radical approach to it. So I guess that's been one of my struggles, and, and Schellenberger helped unlock that for me. You see, and, and this, uh, I didn't know, you know, I don't haven't really decided who I'm going to vote for yet. But uh, this is going to play into uh, my decision-making because he's very clear about the approach he's taking, and, and he gave two approaches to environmentalism. The last one I like a lot. Now, he noted that the state's Coastal Commission Board just voted down, right, that proposal down in, in Huntington Beach in Southern California. And he said there's plenty of water and plenty of energy to harness, but the uh, Governor Newsom has been an obstacle, and so has uh, California politics in general, in making pro-abundance environmentally, uh, environmentalism a reality, I like that. I like that. It, it, it helped me unlock why I've been searching for a label, a, a philosophy uh, that <clears throat> that I think has been missing. And so uh, I, I appreciated his comments. And again. N- Not only saying this is an example of of good clarity, but it's also an example of me listening to someone I might not have otherwise bothered to listen to, and I learned from him. And uh, so this is why I think it's so important for us to engage in in these conversations. Now, he also had a couple of other uh, points as well in terms of not just saying, I'm running for, for governor, don't for, vote for the other guy, vote for me. He he really had some rational uh, ideas about how to uh, approach this. And we'll talk about that in five minutes. Uh, Kevin from Modesto, hang in there. I'll get back to you uh, right after news, weather, and Traffic here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
0: You're listening to The Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the valley. Power Talk
3: 1360
1: KFIV. And welcome back to The Mike Douglas Show. Thanks for joining us this afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. By the way, we have a winner uh, the question for free tickets to the Stockton Heat question was, who is the coach of the Stockton Heat? We're going to go to uh, Kevin from Modesto. And, Kevin, just before you, you tell us about your uh, your thoughts today. Kevin, who is the coach of the Stockton Heat?
4: Uh, uh, Mitch. Um, I forgot Mitch. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I had it right a <laughs> I I I don't remember Mitch.
1: Mitch Love. Okay. Yeah, you got it. You you answered it correctly on the call. Well, enjoy the game, and uh, Kevin. Thanks. Thanks for playing along. All right. So, uh, what what's your reaction to what we've been talking about today?
4: Yes. uh, Well, I have two two major points I want to make. First of all, that uh, I believe that the call for uh, modifying the Second Amendment is based upon a a theoretical foundation that we will become less dependent on guns as our first solution to problems which is what it seems like it is now uh over a course of three or four or five generations it's not something that's going to happen immediately i don't think it's based upon a a theory that we're going to run out and confiscate everybody's guns uh it's not based upon that i think it's based upon a a a hope that someday we will become like norway or denmark or some of these other countries that don't seem to have this problem that we you know people are not walking around with guns and they don't they don't have the problem that but that it would happen over a course of several generations it's not, And so it's not just a matter of, you know, I hear people say that that it's a call to confiscate everybody's guns and raid everybody's house and take all their guns away. Now, I think it's just based upon a hope that someday we will change as a, as a society. We were founded at, in a revolution. We had a civil war. We have, we have a very violent history, but there's no need for us to be engaged in that, of modality now so you know this change will happen maybe 75 to 100 120 years from now if we start modifying the second amendment now I think it's based upon that and then the second thing I wanted to say was that the best self defense is to feel good about yourself to have a faith in God to stand strong in your faith in God and feel good about yourself so that you can de-escalate situations, uh, that's the best defense is within yourself rather than something external like a gun. So those are my two points.
1: Yeah, let me, let me uh, address the, the last point very quickly, uh, Kevin, and, and I would add to uh, what you said there in terms of, and, and I think it is, uh, it is part of, of having a good defense is understanding yourself and, and having faith, uh, I think the other element that's important, whether or not you're, you're one who is armed or not, is avoidance is always the first thing to look for. How do I get out of this situation? Where can I go to remove myself from the danger? That is always uh, and uh, people who train. Uh, I train with weapons. That's the first thing is how do I extract myself from this situation? Uh, because we don't want to do the last resort uh, it, unless it is absolutely the last resort. And then uh, yeah. to your other, your other thought, that, that's interesting. Uh, so your, your theory there is the push uh, regarding the Second Amendment is not so much to do away with it, but to modify it so that over two, three, four generations... Uh, we would be a a gunless society. Is, is, am I have I got that right?
4: Yeah, uh, we would. We just would have different ways of dealing with problems, other than resorting to violence. Uh, and so, hopefully, we will be become a. A calmer, more peaceful people, and uh, the the different ethnicities that are within the country will have learned to have live will have learned to live with each other better than they are doing so now, and maybe some of the tensions will be less adamant, you know, than they are now. So. I think that it's it's just based upon a hope, uh, and
1: and An ideal. I, I just
4: mm-hmm. hear, boy uh, always saying that oh they're going to go and they're going to confiscate everybody's weapons and all that, and I don't think that's what it's about. It's based upon a hope.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, Kevin, thanks. Thanks for the call. Uh, I- interesting perspective. Kevin, I appreciate that. Uh, Kevin's saying uh, he doesn't really think the push uh, uh, against the Second Amendment is, is really about doing away with it. Uh, he's looking towards a more um, ideal society where guns won't be required, weapons won't be required. Uh, in- interesting uh, interesting thought, and that's what we're about here, is exchanging thoughts. 209 Five five one three four eight three. By the way, Kevin, enjoy the game. Stockton Heat uh, as well. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Mark from Modesto, what are your thoughts about what you've heard today?
3: Hi, I like your show, but I, I usually work this time. I, got a day. Um, I had a quick comment about guns. Uh, how much money has the United States already sent to Ukraine to try to save uh, that sovereign country? Uh, billions of dollars.
1: Yeah, I there think it's in the it trillions. I think. I could be wrong. Yeah, I think it's in the trillions. Millions, but but go ahead.
3: Trillions. So to just say you can just not have guns is, I mean, I'm not saying that a person in a house can defeat the military necessarily, but you're kind of seeing a little bit now. So uh, just to say uh, no guns is just unrealistic. That's about all.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, and 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 Kevin, you know, brings up an interesting ideal, and uh, in in thinking about that, one of my questions would be: What happens if the government goes sideways? Uh, what happens if the government becomes abusive? What what well, remedies do we have where where they if they begin taking away rights if they begin to undermine the Constitution and such, what remedy do we have? And, and really, you know, going back to it, that was the original intent of the Second Amendment, and that was to—and it, it wasn't to go hunting, it, it wasn't to go target shooting, it was uh, if, if the government becomes abusive and out of control, then you have an, an armed uh, citizenry that can can push back. So it's an interesting uh, interesting but- question. Go ahead, Mark.
3: Of course, I mean, handguns were not going to stop the Russians, but so the government has a lot to do with defending uh, Ukraine, but I don't know. It's just an interesting thought to consider uh, that Ukraine is losing so much life, and and without our help, they wouldn't have the uh, firepower to fairly defend themselves, even after they gave up their uh, nuclear weapons a while back there.
1: Yes, I think in terms of applying the, this discussion to Ukraine, uh, it is very important for, and don't you find it interesting, by the way, Mark, that Finland now is interested in becoming, uh, I mean, more than interested, they're they're lobbying to become a part of NATO. I find that fascinating. Fasc- I mean, prior to the uh, invasion of Ukraine by Russia, you wouldn't have found Finland uh, to be doing that and and so i think this this whole effort uh this action by vladimir putin is going to have consequences that are going to echo down for a couple of uh couple of g- generations uh so mark any last thoughts before we go
3: yeah i just know you can't uh or they can't defend themselves with with uh, a handgun or a shotgun but uh, it takes a lot uh, of uh military power to try to stop that. Yeah,
1: army. absolutely. They need uh they need the heavy artillery in order in order to fight back. Mark, thanks for the call. Appreciate you calling in today. You're listening to the Mike Douglas show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We'll be back in 3 minutes. Here's more with the Voice of the Valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Now, welcome back. Mike Douglas here. Oh, I'm sorry. I stepped on the lady announcer there. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you for joining us today. We have some good spirited discussions and that's a good thing. That's what the marketplace of ideas is all about and I uh, I appreciate the way that you engage in that. Thank you so much for uh, you making a success out of this effort we have here to be live and local. I was talking earlier about being impressed as well by the messaging from Michael Schellenberger. Now, am I endorsing him? No. Am I voting for him? I don't know yet. I haven't decided who to vote for yet in the June 7 primaries for governor. But I, I, the point is that I think he was very clear about what he's about, why people should vote for him, and what his policies and what his philosophy uh, is going to be. And, and again, he helped me uh, unlock my attitude towards protecting the environment. I am not about making uh, nature itself a God and and bowing down at the feet of the God called nature. I'm in my world view, uh, we have been, uh, given nature, the creation, we have been asked to be good stewards of it to to steward it well and uh, but not the other way around. We're not here to serve the environment. the environment is there to serve us, but in our role as the as the the, the people uh, as the entity that has governance over it we have the responsibility to govern well and i liked his explanation about pro abundance environmentalism i can get behind that uh, and, and he talked about three things: more water storage, uh, recycle wastewater, and build uh, desalination plants. I, I like the way he, that he uh, that he laid that out. Uh, he also uh, talked about uh, how we make that pro abundance approach a reality. Uh, let's listen to this.
5: You know, the Israelis have been so successful in desalination that they're now refilling the Sea of Galilee. But it's the same problem on energy on water. We can have a pro abundance agenda. We have plenty of pro abundance agenda. We have plenty of water. We have plenty of energy. But the governor is blocking the necessary projects to make it a reality. Very clear whether you agree with it or not,
1: whether you and I agree with all of that or not. He's very clear on on what he believes. And I I didn't know. That interesting fact about Israel and the Sea of Galilee, that's uh, highly interested. Uh, Let me give you one more uh, quote from Schellenberger. uh, He talked about why he's not running this time as a Democrat and how he intends to approach solutions to the complex issue of homelessness in California. Let's uh, listen very quickly.
5: I was a Democrat. I changed my party affiliation last year. I could no longer in good conscience be a Democrat Knowing what I knew after I'd uncovered the role that the Democrats had played in creating the open drug scenes in creating the addiction crisis in California in causing energy electricity prices to rise seven times more in California than they did in the rest of the country over the last 10 years. Same time on homelessness. You know homelessness increased 31 percent in California even as it declined 18 percent in the rest of the United States over the last decade. Our agenda is focused on requiring people to, to stay in shelters, not camp anywhere they like, not defecate in public, not sell drugs in public. We're taking a treatment-first approach. A lot of the problems we see of people on the street, some people are hardcore, yeah. sociopathic, violent criminals they need to go to prison. Others just need drug rehab or psychiatric care.
1: All right, so again, very whether we agree with him or not, you and I, uh, not the point that I'm trying to make here. The point is he laid out very succinctly what he believes he needs to do as governor and uh, how he intends to go about it. I wish we could get more of that in our uh, campaign messaging. And again, I, to me, it's not about the Republican party being the savior of California nor of America I am as frustrated with a lot of Republican leaders as I am with a lot of Democratic leaders. Uh, So to me, it's about about common sense and being very clear about what you want to do and how you want to do it. Our phone number here, area code 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Three elections coming up. Let's go to uh, Lita from Modesto. Welcome to the show. Uh, what's your question, Lita?
0: Hi, Mike. Um, I wanted to find out if you will be doing an overview of the items, the ballot
4: items, issues, or and um, maybe the same thing for the candidates for the governors and
1: the uh senate races and stuff. Yeah, good good question. For California? L- yeah, good good question and and let me lay out the way uh, the way we approach things here. Uh the, because we cover so many counties and because we cover so many con- congressional districts oh. with our radio signal, It's virtually impossible for us to have all the candidates on and and such. So what we're doing is on Wednesdays at four o'clock, we're offering listeners the opportunity to call in and say, "This is who I'm supporting and this is why." And you know, within a a minute or two. As far as when, uh, just broad brush here, when when propositions come up. Yes, we'll do our best to unpack those and try to ferret out what they really mean and what your yes vote means and what your no vote means. Now, as we get—and and, th- and that's—I'm I'm speaking especially uh, as we're approaching uh, the November 8th election. Uh, once we get to the gubernatorial election uh, on November 8th, and we know after June 7 uh, who the top two candidates for each of those offices are— that are being contested, uh, we'll get a little more deeply into what they believe, what they're about, and, uh, and and a little more detail about that. Generally, if a candidate calls us, Lita, contacts us and, and wants five, seven minutes on the air, uh, we will accommodate them as much as we can uh, if they're willing to come on live. Okay. Uh, we don't go out and ask candidates to come on, but if they want to come on, we offer they uh, certainly offer the, that opportunity. So that was a really long answer to your really short question. Does does that help at all?
3: Yes. Yes. No. I appreciate it. So
4: listening on Wednesdays, and then yeah, I'm just trying to unpack
3: all the stuff now. I thought oh, I got to look at it. So
1: yeah, it's over. It, anyway, it can be overwhelming can it? It can be overwhelming. And again, so Wednesdays, you're right, Wednesdays during our second hour from four to five, we're going to invite listeners like you uh, to call in because we have a lot of very well-read and well-researching listeners out there. We're inviting them to come on from four to five uh, for a minute or two and tell us who they're voting for or who they're supporting and why. And so that way we get a lot of different voices involved. And I, I, think, it'll be, uh, I think it'll be a great time uh, to be able to, uh, uh, to ferret out uh, some facts and fiction and that sort of thing. So, Lita, thanks for your call. Thanks for being a listener and, and uh, hope you're able to participate on Wednesdays. Uh, again, thanks for your question. Thanks. A good one, I, I think, Lita. That's probably a question on a lot of people's minds. So I hope uh, hope we've cleared that up. Again, if candidates call and contact us, we will accommodate them as best we can if they're uh, willing to come on live uh, during our Monday through Friday schedule here. And uh, we'll invite them to, uh, you know, give five minutes of, of their pitch. And I'll, of course, ask for clarification as we as we go along. Thank you. Wow. We're here already. Thanks for joining us today. I'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow again from 3 to 5 p.m. here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Trevor Carey coming up next.